and welcome to Crushed by Margaret Caborn Smith, a podcast about the bliss and burden that is unrequited love. My guest today is the legendary podcaster, writer, stand-up, actor, sort of, and taskmaster, champion of champions, Richard Herring. Oh. Rich, hello. Hello, yes. First time that's been said out loud. Well, yeah. Because it's been, a it secret. it's been a secret for months because we recorded it in... The studio in September, so well done to the studio audience for keeping shtum. But, um, Amazing, and you did yeah. a lot of um, self-deprecating stuff on, on Twitter that made <laughs> it sound like you'd absolutely Which I did died. for the series as well, so I don't know why people fell for it again. But, um, <laughs> but, I, but I genuinely didn't think it was... I didn't, I didn't think it was a fair... Con- I, you know, I said before, and it just, if one episode doesn't decide anything, whoever wins, it's not. Yeah. It's nice to win, but it, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, it no. doesn't mean anything anyway, because it's Taskmaster. No, it all means a lot. It means a lot to me, anyway. Yeah, good. Um, so, Richard, mm. you anyone who knows anything about your work uh, knows that you are obsessive. Is that fair to say? <laughs> I suppose so, yes. yes. Yeah. So, in terms of crushes, now, I already know this because you tell everyone everything, uh, but your first crush yes. was... Um. What do you, oh, well, look, the, the blonde one from Abba. The blonde one from Abba. And I like the fact that you call her that rather than giving her a name. Ag- Agnetha, I think. Yes, Agnetha. Yeah, I was, I was watching a documentary about them the other day and it brought it all back. Mm. Because it was, I was pretty young. I mean, I was interested in um, comedy and sex from a very young age. <laughs> and they were I, very funny. And I didn't, I didn't know what sex was, but I saw when I was about, and I've mentioned this before, but when I was about three or four maybe four or five, I saw a couple of times an open university programme about the Louis Buñuel surrealist film in Chan Andalou, I think it's called. Uh, and there was a bit in there where a man chases a woman around and then grabs her by the breast and then starts fondling her breast and then the, uh, her blouse disappears through the magic of cinema he's fondling her actual breast. And then there are ants all over his hand <laughs> and he's got a hole in his hand. It's not the first... It shouldn't, and they cut a, a cow's eye open. It's not the kind of introduction to sex you should have. <laughs> But I remembered thinking, wow, that's exciting. Wow. So I was interested in sex and, and uh, Agnita, as I'm sure she did to every single man of my generation yeah. and above, <laughs> yeah. was absolutely fun, even though they're ridiculous in that Waterloo. I mean, it's so Waterloo, Eurovision Song Contest, which, we, you know, everyone used to watch. Yeah. And I was thinking that this, this Eurovision Song Contest... It was the same day as the FA Cup, and I couldn't have imagined that as a kid because the FA Cup was one of those days where you're allowed to sit with bowls of crisps and sweets and eat them all day long, and yeah. then the Eurovision Song Contest was also that. So you'd have just had to be eating sweets <laughs> for 24 hours. So to, for them to be on the same day was insane. Um, but, yeah, so it was, you know, she was very pretty. Uh, and I how just, old were you? How old were you then? So it was seventy four, wasn't it? So I think I was uh, six or seven. Okay. Had I you think. recovered from your introduction to sex? I think I had. I think I probably. Like when you say it was an introduction to sex, yeah. And you say it was exciting. Yeah. I, well, I just knew. I was it really interesting. I remember seeing also a program about about uh, fertilisation and t- telling my mum and dad about how little tadpoles came. You know, I, l- I learned the whole thing. And again, I was about f- four or five, something like that. And I had ne- I had a next door neighbour called Claire. How oh, should I say? We can bleep she was it, called, She was called Claire. <laughs> and um, we would, you know, we would play doctors and nurses with each other. And, and what did that involve? That enjoyed just showing each other our, our bits and you know, working out what they were about. So... Uh, and I remember my sister said she once saw us doing it and thought we were about to. Have, my sister's a bit older than me. Thought we were about to have sex as as you know we must have been under eight because I didn't I, I moved when I was eight but I think we were sort of about six so it was quite an innocent 
interest in each other's yeah. bits, which I'm sure everyone again goes through. But I was, I found it all fascinating and, and you know, I understood, I had those feelings. So I actually had crushes on people like, I think Agnita was first, but I remember... Um, that's similar. Not no, with her, I wanted it to appear in my bedroom in just her pants, but I didn't know what I would do at yes. that point or what what I was expecting. And it's nice I kept her pants on. Well, yes, I know. I, was thinking, <laughs> but I, I mean, presumably, if you'd seen Claire's bits, you knew a bit about what was there. Because yeah. I was assuming the pants were kept on for because you just didn't know. Yeah, well, I would have known. I suppose. Yeah, I would have known. But maybe I've, you know, I've always. I think as a young man, I was quite scared of what was in uh, pants, even though I had seen. Yeah. Um, even even as scary. an eighteen-year-old, I was you know was I was and I, I, well I hadn't seen any more in real life. <laughs> um, I was still I was still scared of them, and I kind of liked the idea of breasts and things, but I didn't like the idea of uh, well I didn't I I was scared of, I was not saying I didn't like what was down yeah. there. I was just scared of whatever it was that was down there. Um, so yeah, so I, there was that. But then I remember like seeing like various adverts. They used to have these long adverts during. The commercial breaks. I remember when you're home from school, when you're ill. Then most of these things must have. I don't think I was particularly ill, but all of these things must have come yeah. from watching open university yeah, yeah, yeah. and Crown Court and everything in the afternoon. And Not these, a lot of nudity. In uh, Crown no, Court, but they had long yeah. adverts for musicians, like um, and one of whom was uh, Barry Manilow. And I really there was he did something to me. Barry Manilow made wow. me feel a bit funny in my tummy. And Nana Muscuri, who is not like. Uh, this, She's this, not a sex pot, is she? Not the she? sexist always... woman, but she. But there was something about Nana Muscuri yeah. that, that got me going. Uh, I also like. But, wh- but when you say "got you going," I mean I don't want to get too <laughs> graphic. But do you, but you sort of saying it's exciting. Yeah, I just felt confused and yeah, a bit butterfly. A bit I think yeah, thrilled and and not understanding why I felt that, but knowing I liked it when those adverts came on, and they weren't those adverts were not at all. So, I mean, Barry Manilow is not a, is sort of antithesis of sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so is Nana Muscuri, really. So it's an interesting, safe choice. But there was something about them. I've always liked a, bit, a big nose on a on a girl ever since then. So I'd, maybe maybe that's where that started. Um, <laughs> and, um, uh, but also I like the lead singers. I like Sweet. I was with the first band I was into. And again, that was I was still in Loughborough then because that's when I first bought the records. And I remember buying the records at a, a, a jumble sale or something. So I was again under eight. And who was it in? It was suite? Brian Connolly, not Brian. Right. Uh, Brian Connolly, not Brian Connolly. Brian Connolly. Um, so you know but you there were was really scattering. I mean, yeah. the, those. That is not a type. No, it? it's not a type. Well, it's a blonde. I suppose Brian and Agnetha are similar pop star blondes. Yeah. Uh, and I like, I like, I wasn't mad, mad into blondes. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I have really got a type. I, no. You know, I, I had a fair. I, I shot fairly wide in yeah. my in yeah. <laughs> of different kinds of people. So I, you know, I didn't. There wasn't like someone I, I completely settled on. I liked when I was, you know, when I was older and into dating and and single. I kind of just liked. There was the variety of yeah. partners that made you, it hard for me to settle down. I felt that I liked. I would just you think well, to move on. Well, I just thought if I settle down with this person, I'll never. Yeah, have, yeah. You know, if it's whatever it is, if it's a blonde or if it's breast so size you, or whatever it is. It doesn't sound like you got very obsessed with one person at a time particularly. No, is I don't think true? so. I think maybe Agnita a little bit, but it was very, you know, it was all very innocent. But I was so, even as a teenager, I was so scared about sex, I think. and I, and, yeah. and But she wasn't a very, so she wasn't a very... Like I'm sorry to say, she was not going to be interested in you. No, you, know, you were very far away. Uh, you know, not at sure. that point, but you know, the, with all these, the person I liked that I went into contact with through my youth and then definitely my teenage years was Jenny Agatha. 
oh, who yes. I was really obsessed with and who is absolutely, you know, I just think she, and still really, to be honest, but in her yeah. prime was just the archetypal English rose, beautiful, yeah. clever, interesting. And um, also Janet Ellis, I think is similar, yeah. similar position in that I, and I'm, Janet, I actually know quite well now, which is weird. But I, when I was about 21, I walked past uh, Jenny Agatha in the BBC canteen and went weak at the knees. I, and I literally, wow. and I then did a joke saying, you know, which I think might just be in a muscle memory of all the times I'd watched American Wealth in London. But, um, the te- but weirdly, te- I think it is a, a muscle memory. Yeah, yeah. I think there is something that if somebody had a huge effect on you, yeah. there's always going to be a little bit of that, or, you know, something will come and go. But I think I think she, at that point, she's about 14 years older than me. At yeah. that point, she'd have been in her late 30s and I'd been in my early 20s and that could have worked. Yeah. And I spoke, I spoke, I talked to Janet Ellis. I, mean, I do material about fancying Janet Ellis that she's seen. And, yeah. and what, Janet Ellis said, well, she likes it, I think. <laughs> she likes that I fancied <laughs> she it, but she loves also, it. But she also said to me one time, oh, you know, if, if you'd met me at this point and it could have worked, you know, I think it might have, well, there was a point where she was uh, g- uh, gadding about town before she met her uh, recent husband. Uh, and um, and how did you feel when she said that? Well, you know, I don't think it was, you know, it was very unlikely it to happen. Very but, but it was, serious. you know, but it's sort of, it's weird. Well, you know, but the, well, I was going to go on to talk about in, in this and that one of my massive crushes I actually did well, go we out need with. To talk about so this. we'll talk about that later, maybe. <laughs> so that I'm in a really weird position where a lot of my crushes <laughs> and still and still are my crushes now are unattainable people. That it, that it's safe. So as a as a married man with kids, yeah. there's I'll, we'll again probably talk about this later. But there's lots of people that you kind of have can have safe crushes on because they're characters often, yes. you know. Yes. Uh, so I like the character. I like well, yeah, and puppet. <laughs> so I like the character, not the. I wouldn't be interested in the real person. I like that. So that's a very safe. That's a very safe crush to have, and you want to have a safe crush. But you I do, think, yeah. But you know, you're still going to have that. But yeah, so. It's sort of weird to think, you know, with, with Jenny Agatha, she lived in Taunton, so I lived in, in Somerset. You know, it kind of, there was, there might have been a point where it could have worked. There might have been a point with uh, Janet. If, if you're listening, Janet, I, and uh, I would still, I'm still, you know, you'd have to do it for, I'd have to ring well, my wife thing, and yeah. say, I've, I have to do this, Katie. I hope yeah. you understand. You can come along and watch. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what's an appealing thought? But, but, that, but the Janet Ellis one was really when, I remember it. That was when it when I suddenly understood what all those earlier feelings were, and that was that was right. when I feel like I. She did in Jig. She was in Jigsaw. This is before Blue Peter, and she was do, she played Nell Gwynn in a. In, they had did O for Nell Oranges. Nell Gwynn's quite a thick. She was Nell Gwynn, well, and it was quite, you know she's a nice shapely lady, yes. and she was wearing a low cut top, and it literally was just. I think I have checked it out online subsequently, <laughs> and it's not as amazing as I remember it being. No, <laughs> but, but, no, but even is. to a whatever it was thirteen or fourteen year old, I just, I you know, I was sort of that was the moment I kind of understood a bit more about what what was. And now, <laughs> without getting, because you know that. Um, well, you possibly don't, but my husband said, are you going to have any men on or would that be disgusting? <laughs> and I don't want to get too disgusting about it. Yeah. But, so Janet, Janet Ellis, yeah. it sounds like, yes, that was the, the first sexual we're talking. Yeah. Was there anything that wasn't sexual about it? Like, did you picture being with her? Did you picture, as in, did you think, I'd like to live in a cottage with her <laughs> and have children? Or was it just a kind of... Sweaty. I don't know if it was even. You know, I don't think I could have even pictured us being together. It was just. Yeah. It, just I so would. 
I would oh. like to be there and, you know, what. <laughs> but I don't, you know, I was so innocent, like even into my 20s, really. I, you know, it wasn't until my 30s that I really started to understand anything about what I was doing. If someone, in my 20s, if someone made it obviously fancied me, yeah. I would maybe go out with them for a bit yeah. or get off with them. But I was absolutely terrible. And and I I think because my parents had been together their whole life. My parents met when they yeah. were 13 Gosh. and they're 80, mid-80s, you know, getting into their late 80s now and are still together. Yeah. Uh, and still, you know, in love. And, uh, and you sound so, really well, I just—I think I just believed as a kid that I would meet one person. I yeah. really was romantic, yeah, similar, similar right to, me. to you know, and right until I didn't lose my virginity till I was at university, and I'd mm. had a year off as well. So I was like, <laughs> pr- I was practically twenty when I lost my virginity, and I don't think it really even counts when, when the way I lost my virginity. So, and I had sex <laughs> oh, once, and then and then ask. it was another year before I, I technically, you know, I, I technically was inside. <laughs> <laughs> But not for very long, and not for the reasons you think. Uh, it just, but um, you know, I thought it, it was just sort of a weird thing, and I was, you know, but I was very. I didn't really want to grow up at all, so I yeah. wouldn't drink tea or coffee, and all the gr- things I saw as grown up, I was oh, very right. resistant to, uh, which included sex. So I was, I had a girlfriend from when I was sixteen to eighteen, and she was a couple of years younger than me, and it was, it was, you know, it was almost. And had she, had you had a crush on her? She'd had a crush on me, I think. Right. So she so was my she... friend's younger sister. And it was when I just remember, like, when she was, you know, she'd always been this kid's sister. And then I saw her walking, I saw her walking along a lane in front of me and suddenly so went, oh. And there was, suddenly... you know, suddenly she was becoming a woman. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but, well, but well. you know, she, we, we we never got anywhere near having sex. And it took a year before we were, like, even really kissing properly. You know, it was a long, yeah. all through my sixth form, basically, my friends were starting to lose their virginities. I was like way away from it but I think that that's the safety of that you know the girls I'd fancied at school before her were all kind of nearly all you know what didn't really have a chance with but I would obsess over someone uh, yeah you know so so those are more like when you when you say you uh would obsess over them yeah well I just yeah what did that involve like did you I'm just interested in whether you because people seem to fall into couple of different categories here yeah um and and one of them is to be very very active in the pursuit yeah and one is to sort of go almost completely inward yeah I and mean, make that's... collages and learn how to write their name <laughs> in special calligraphy and... i think i was pretty inward and again i think it was really innocent so it was they didn't know i think or... they probably would have worked it out i mean what the first <laughs> one did know because it was because i'll tell i'll tell you about that but i think it was it was it was very innocent, and I think I didn't really want it to go anywhere. And and I think it was more about having a girlfriend who might potentially be my wife. I think yeah. of some. So I think yeah. it was. You know, I was a very. You know, I was a silly childish child, but I was very romantically minded because I think I thought I assumed I would follow the footsteps of my yeah. parents. I had a similar thing, and I felt like it was almost a hurdle to get over. And just to sort of, oh, just fix something, just fix that, and then I can get on with being a grown up and doing. Other yeah, things. Uh, you know, but I think it, it, it really stultified me in terms of like being a, in my late teenage years and even in my twenties. You know, I can't because obviously once that hasn't happened, then you <laughs> yeah. know, then you're screwed. And then you know, yeah. and then as as you know, I, I saw more and more people, and then you got I've got I went completely the other. Yeah, way. you went off the yeah, idea. Yeah, so I, 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 I mean, which was which was good, but obviously I just wasn't ready. But the first girl I fancied really remember fancying like in a proper way was Maria Barnes who's a really good was a really one of our group of friends and really pretty 
and very cool and sort of slightly hippie and laid back. But she absolutely wouldn't. You know, I was very square. I was a headmaster's son, which was a big disadvantage anyway, but also I was super square and greasy haired and, you know, I I think we, you know, we had a, we had a bath once a week in those days. You Not know, it's you like, and Maria Barnes. No, no, just me. <laughs> I'm sure she washed more regularly, but I would have a bath once a week. And yeah, I, don't think I, pretty... washed, I don't think I washed my hair when I had a bath. I know. went upstairs on a bus the other day and there was a load of teenage boys and I nearly... I nearly made an announcement. <laughs> I just got this and I was like, oh, I just want to say, oh, come on, boys. Come on. This is disgusting. Because it was just fug and links. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, you need to do the bit in between. Yeah. You need to actually wash it off. But I don't think I, you know, there was, I remember, in fact, my first girlfriend bought me some denim roll on, <laughs> like quite a long way into a relationship and just left it on my doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> the doors there. She couldn't bear to go in yeah. because of the fun. Um, so, so you know, but Maria, you know, was lovely and still is lovely, uh, and I you know, still know her, and she and she did know, and but then like there was a guy. I remember going to the cinema, and I thought it, but it was a group of us, but I thought it was a semi date. But there was a guy called Adam, something who came, Adam Baker, I think he was, who came up to me and said, "Oh, look." Maria fancies you. She does fancy you. Do you want me to ask you out, her, her out for you? But it was just a horrible. He wanted to. Well, it was just a horrible joke. I mean, he oh, knew that. No. He knew that I fancied her, and so she went, "Oh no, you know, I don't." Want to. God, they're so awful, yeah. aren't they? <laughs> and then I remember sitting with her next to her at the cinema, and I think trying to put my arm around yeah. her, and just telling me to stop. You know. Oh God. So she really the wasn't. Full in, she, stop. She, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she really wasn't interested. So, but maybe that was safe. And then I really. Fell for this girl called Fiona Pope, who and for ages I was obsessed with. But she had a boyfriend, um, but I think she must have known. I did have seen her since, and I did tell her that I like had a massive crush on her. And she said she seemed to think she didn't know, but she must have known. And I remember, you know, she did like. I think like a lot of the time, these girls liked me back a bit, mm-hmm. but I just had no way of. Yeah, because we've talked about this a, a bit before about um, the the thing that I do feel sorry for the boys for is that they are meant to do the pursuing. You yeah, know, sort of. Obviously, mainly it's awful being a girl, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but you are in that situation. It's like, well, I'm not. I know I'm not supposed to be the one. Yeah. going and asking boys. I didn't ask anyone out. You know, till I was in my twenties, and that all went very badly. Um, <laughs> But it was just a kind of, well, I'm waiting for them. It's their job to do it. And I think, God, I, you know, most of the teenage boys that I knew then would have absolutely... I mean, I think they did do it, you know, if they were... Yeah. Re- but you, again, you, you'd have to be really, really confident yeah. that you were going to get a yes because who's happy just to get shot down all the time? Exactly. And, you know, and I was... It was just painful. You know, you knew yeah. that... The, but you, the, the humiliation was too much. And, I, you know, I'd experienced that humiliation of being told that I was... That she liked me and then yeah. she didn't like me. I mean, so, that's so you know cool. how humiliating that is. But but equally, it's just too much. And you kind of even as a in my twenties again, I think you know what's the if you ask someone out and they say no, yeah. it's no different than you not asking them yeah, out. Yeah, so you yeah. might as well just get on with it. And, and really, in my thirties, I kind of embraced that and I was just very much like just just everyone you met. Well, I would just if I like <laughs> someone, I would I'd say, shall we go out? You know, or just when yeah. I when I, I did that thing where I dated fifty women in fifty days. Yeah, and it was just like if anyone wants to go out for a drink, go out with them. It doesn't matter. It's one yeah. night of your life, and you and there were people you would meet and go, "Oh no, this isn't for me." And like after the, the evening was at the end of the evening, you go, "Oh no, actually, you know, you'd think yeah. this is my type." Just by go, you know, it's crazy. We just don't. If you're both single, go out and have a drink, and yeah. you, you'll know by the end of the night whether there's anything there. Whether it's weird. so, it's you've not lost anything. It's, it's if you're just going to be sitting at home on your own, which I did all through my twenties. You know, I was just at home. 
Yeah. We're hoping <clears throat> someone would ring up and say, come out for a drink and I might meet someone in a bar. You know, it was so pathetic. Yeah. So, but yeah, with Fiona, I remember walking around the school with her and it was almost like we were playing at being boyfriend and girlfriend. And she was still with her boyfriend at this point. He wasn't there. And it was there was definitely something between us. And I was yeah. doing, we were joking about it, but I didn't push through and into the reality or ask she went out with my you know one of my friends after that so she finished with that guy and I was with my you know then I went all my my uh my sixth form time was I was going out with this girl who wasn't in the sixth form so I was sort of slightly pushed away from my friends but also they were all having slightly more adult times and I was having this incredibly innocent relationship weirdly I've kind of sort of remembered I keep on waking up in the middle of the night thinking this girl who was in my sixth form English class and I haven't thought. And she went out with another one of my friends. And did um, you have a crush on her? At I the did. Time? Well, I realised I did. And I, but, I, but I wake up in the night, and I haven't thought about it for like thirty years or whatever. Thought, yeah. where is it? Forty years, nearly. Yeah. And um, she wasn't at all, imp- you know, important. We didn't get anywhere near being with each other. But we sat like this opposite each other in English because it was the, the, the teachers at one end, and so we just were literally opposite each other. And we just looked at each other a lot. And you know, I really liked her, but I had a boy- girlfriend. and She had a boyfriend, and. Uh, but but I think because she was why so are you, why are you waking up? In I the don't night? know because I think she was so. Um, I think partly because I haven't seen her for all that time. Yeah. So part of the thing that makes me wake up feeling terrible is that she's now fifty five and I can't <laughs> I can't imagine it. I well, can't, think about how old Agnes is. I, I, I exactly. Mean, <laughs> but, you she's know, a hologram now. But, she's so old. But, but I am as well. But I haven't seen her in the interim. <laughs> but also, she had the most kind of eighties haircut. Yeah. Right. So, like that kind of real that the haircut that all the eighties girls had, and I just think some, for some reason, she just exemplifies the lost opportunities of oh, youth. Wow. I think because so it's not really to do with her. I think also my friend without one there, and they did have sex, and so maybe yeah. there's a part of me thinking maybe it's about me regretting that I wasn't having sex in my in the sixth form I with nice sexy that, um, girls. Yeah. The it, during lockdown, well, not normal people came out during lockdown. Did you watch normal people? No. Well. It's very much about you know lot. It's te- it's a lot of teenage yeah. longing, and it's 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 really really good. But I do. But people got obsessed with it, right? And I I was also obsessed with it, and I was starting to have weird dreams and stuff. And I and in fact I had a Zoom call with my um with my sisters, and I thought about the first boy that broke my heart. We had a brief conversation about him, not even about the you know the bad bits of that situation, but something made me something made me feel rejected and hurt, and I got off. The Zoom call and and burst into tears. Yeah, yeah. My, my poor patient <laughs> husband come and just sort of pat me on the shoulder. Going, what? You know, and we were both really laughing as yeah, well. Yeah. But I was suddenly right back there. And normal people, it's very much filmed like you're in their lives yeah, yeah. as well. But I feel like something about that, like everything stopping. Yeah. I think there was a lot of reflection and a lot of people thinking about all the times that they'd, you know, all the opportunities they'd yeah, missed, yeah. basically because none of us had any opportunities to do anything to live True. our lives at all. Yeah. So we were all just thinking about that a lot. It's, it's interesting that you've come to the conclusion that it is some sort of emblem. Yeah, but I think also the passage of time is crazy. I've got an, I've, I've re- had a, an idea about a novel or something about, sort of about this, mm-hmm. but it's, it's very in the, the early, early days. And it's just sort of that, that's partly one of the things that kind of, you know, sort of wanting to go back. But, I, you know, I, I regret that, I mean, it was the right thing to do for me, I think, but I sort of regret that I that I didn't that I was this sort of prissy little, you know, just uh, yeah, it's childish. A- you know, no, it, 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 anyone having sex with me, even like of the same age of me, I feel like it would have been sort of child abuse anyway, because I was sort of so naive. Yeah. And, you know, and but I sort of wish 
I mean, in university, I, got, I sort of got a little bit better. Maybe in the third year of university, I had, a, you know, four or five girlfriends over that over that time. But it was like, you know, it wasn't, you know, I should have got all that stuff out out the way early. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't I wasn't ready. So in a way, it's, you know, in a way I mean, it's not. But you've covered a lot, though. I mean, yeah. you've done, you've, you've done I'm, all I'm, right. I've made up for it. <laughs> I've made up it, but I think it. But then I, but I also, you know, I don't regret it because I'm. I've, no. I really love the life I've got now, and you need to have gone through all that yeah. stuff. And I, you know, yeah, and I wouldn't have the kids I have now. I might have different. I might have three you might or have four better kids. Things. That might is what kids. we were all thinking. You know, we'd have different kids. It's sort of a weird <laughs> thing. You just would have different kids who you would all equally love who not who've not turned up. But uh, but you know, I think I needed to get to. You know, I think by the time I was forty, I was sort of okay. Yeah, now I sort no, of. No, I think it is hard I sort to look of get back it. on the person you yeah. you were as well. Yeah, um, you and I have something in common okay that i uh made a shrine <laughs> uh but my shrine stayed in my kitchen yeah. at university and yours was on <laughs> national television it was yes uh, it was on fist of fun yeah and it was uh, a shrine devoted to julia sawala do you so want to tell us about I did that a shrine. <laughs> i i really um when we moved to London in the early nineties, there was a TV show called Press Gang on that people. I remember had, it well. People, Listen, I based my haircut really wrongly <laughs> on Linda Day's haircut. Like it looked terrible, but I yeah. loved her so much. I yeah. kept that haircut, and it's all you know, late twenties. You know, it was a brilliant. It was a. It was a. It was a kids show, really. But mm-hmm. and I was an adult by that stage. But it was a very <laughs> funny show. It was yeah, written it was by Stephen Moffat, who went on to do Doctor Who and everything. Sherlock. Uh, it was re- a really brilliant show, and it, it had. Uh, Linda Day, this fantastic character played by Julia Swaller, absolutely gorgeous actress, but very funny. And, yeah. and again, I sort of had a crush on the character of Linda Day, yeah. as it sounds like you probably had a crush on the yeah. character of Linda Totes. Day. Uh, I didn't really. Dexter Fletcher was <laughs> I didn't like as much because he was with her and he was actually with her as well. And so it became like a, you know, it was a joke, as a lot of the stuff I do is as an exaggeration <laughs> of the truth. And it's, yeah. you know, and, and so we we played around with, that fixation, but I, you know, I really fancied Julia, and yeah, but I how think, close was it to the real? I mean, like, it was pretty, you know, I was, you was you yeah, were I, fixated. I, I really liked her. You'd I never thought, cut any pictures out. Of no, her so or? I didn't. Okay. I didn't have a well that <laughs> with pictures of her and pictures who can of, afford a well, Richard? <laughs> but then it all kind of bounces back on me, like in a weird way. So it's a, it, it was sort of again a safe thing, and it was fancying a character really rather yeah. than a person. And you were a character, yeah. And as I well. was, That's I was, you know, so I was playing a, show. I was playing a much more kind of, again, a very. It, both those characters were sort of extensions and exaggerations of the teenage us. Really. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I was going to say, so I watched this last yeah, night, and right? It's, it's really, really funny. But I was thinking, past the reason it's really funny is your character is this sort of weird little. They'd be mad, yeah. you know, because I was thinking there's so many characters that if they did that, it would just be horrible. Yeah, it's yeah. just horrible to have uh, well, that it is, much of a it, fixation it is. that you're, you know, well because it's a real person them and putting, yeah, yeah. you know, pictures all over. Yeah, it's a real person, so it is a. You know, yeah. I think a lot of the things we did in Fist of Fun, I'd look back and go, okay, you know, the, 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 we had we picked on a little boy called Morris Michener, and he was who'd been a, a scared of Peter Pan. And we did a sketch about him, and I think I wouldn't do have done right. that again in hindsight because it was a real person, right. and, it, and I think it did slightly, even though we weren't, weren't we weren't successful, but I think it slightly haunted him through his life yeah. where people well, yeah, recognise the name. Yeah, because uh, the people who liked it liked really liked oh, the God, show, yeah. but but it was it was still quite a cultish underground show, and so it's a real thing. Um, but you know, but it was so it was based on a bit of reality. We took it to so it's almost Silence of the Lambs or whatever. But yeah, because it was <laughs> yeah. such an innocent 
it's yeah, th- you were very not threatening. Yeah, yeah. So and that's know, what comedy. You know, comedy is a weird thing. Like I'm interviewing uh, Cunt from Cunt of the Gang in a yeah. minute, and the stuff he says is appalling, but his character is so, so you know, weak and and sort of pathetic that yeah. it's you, it, it's sort of all right. The terrible things he says, and he, there's and but there's also there's a there's a sort of very nice undercurrent of a nice person underneath it all as well. Um, and I think this is similar with this. And it was, again, it was a joke on myself and it was about male ineffectuality, really, rather mm. than anything to do with Julia. But, you know, yeah, I, I remember going to a party and Julia was there with Dexter <laughs> Fletcher. And Dexter, was she with him? Yeah, she was went. She? She, yeah, she was, they oh. went out for a while. Uh, she once called me Dexter Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later. Uh, and um, uh, and yeah, so they they were they were sort of together in in reality, and they were at a party. And he looked at me across the bar, and I thought, oh, you know, he's recognised me, but he didn't say anything. And I, I was thinking, no, whatever. And so then, you know, we did this, and I did it again. I did that sketch again with um, Andrea Core as well. Oh, right. Uh, so when we, we when we went, we did almost the same thing again, but it moved on a bit, and I was now interested in Andrea Core. Um, but then and I you weren't with Julia. At that no, point. so I wasn't with Julia. Okay. So in, just after we'd finished in the Lee and Herring stuff, I'd written a play called uh, Excavating Rita, which we were trying to get on in the West End, uh, and so we were going to do like a rehearsed reading of it. And I, you know, I, I really not only fancied Julia, but also thought she was yeah. and is an yeah. amazing no, actor she is, and yeah. really fantastic at comedy. And so I kind of, you know, they said, "Who do you want to try and get for this?" And I said, "Can we try and get Julia Sawala for it?" Because <laughs> I thought she'd be amazing, and I didn't think she'd say yes. Uh, she said that when the script arrived, the the guy on a, it was delivered on a bike, and the guy in the bike came right up into the house. I mean, because she lived in the... She lived actually in Linda Bellingham's attic. But he came... Rather what? than just coming to the door, uh, she was in another show. Yes, with, I know. Uh, she, she played so her daughter. She, so she, 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 she moved with Linda Bellingham. World, but... but the the guy with the script came right into her room, right? Didn't just oh drop it. God. So he came right upstairs and she sort of felt like this was some... You know, she felt like this was some sign of something, this kind of weird way she got... It was like the script had to get right to her rather right. than just be left on the doorstep. Which, I would be calling that, the police. Yeah, that never happened. So really weird. So we did this... We did. She came and did the... You know, we did two days rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, uh, and and did the reading for nothing happened with the the play and then we went for a drink all of us together afterwards and it been, we'd had a nice time and I was thinking you know does she does she, she must know? know she must know and oh. she's not saying anything about it because you'd think if you were on BBC Two if someone there was a show on BBC Two someone you. would have yeah. said have yeah, you yeah, seen yeah. this show Absolutely. probably avoid that guy <laughs> <Yeah, but laughs> <laughs> they ever sends you a script and sends a man into your house to give it to you. Um, and so... Was it you? <laughs> it wasn't me. Okay. So Paul Putner, who was there, he's fantastic. Sort of, he, was, he was always the one to broach a subject. You know, he's great because yeah. if he's with the star, he'll, fi- he'll ask the question that you're not meant to ask yeah, and, get, yeah. and get the stories because he's so likable. But he said, so, Julia, did you ever... Did you ever see the sketch with uh, Richard did about you on Fist of Fun? And she got and went white, and she said, "What? What are you talking about? What are you talking about?" I knew, and then she was like, "I knew you'd all been laughing at me oh, all this time, no. and I didn't know why." Oh, and no. she stormed off to the toilet, and I went, "Oh God, you know this is terrible." You know, this is the worst. And she came back from the toilet, and she said, "And as she said, look, I'm sorry that I flew off the handle there, but it was just, um, you know, very upsetting. And part of the reason that I'm upset is because, you know, I really fancy you, and this is." Oh my God! <laughs> did you? <laughs> what did you think then? It was really weird. Because I would be looking for hidden cameras. I would just be like, what? No, this well, nothing 
works this well ever. It was so the whole thing was so weird. Partly, I was the, the other girl in the play was like my my ex girlfriend who I'd really been in love with and was had moved on, and I was sort of hoping to rekindle things with her. So I had oh to sort. God. I sort of had. That's why you wrote I, this. So it was just like really, it was really weird. And I'd sort of said to her, "Is there any way we're going to get back together?" And she said, "No, there's no way we're going to get back together." So so I, so we sort of. Julie, like we, I think we we took a cab home and had a snog, and then she had to go off because she was going to Dubai the next day. And uh, but then we rang each other every, every night from the, when she was in Dubai, and we had these really long conversations. And it was really surreal. And yeah. Stuart was in Australia at the time, and I, you know, I emailed him and said, "I think I'm going out with Julie," <laughs> and he just genuinely thought I'd gone mad. Yeah, yeah, you would because, be because really worried. You know, about, so it was. I'm coming back. <laughs> And so worry. So stay um, where you are. So yeah. We'll so I, I went. You know. So I had a crush on someone and went out with them for. Like, we went out for eighteen months. There must have been times where you were looking at her and thinking, "Oh my god, that's Julia Swala <laughs> well, from no, my well." Certainly to begin with, and yeah. certainly like the first time we were making yeah. out, that was just like what this is this, is, this yeah, is yeah. just too strange. Um, and you know, but it was, but it was all, it was all kind of weird. And then like we, the people who wrote the Linda Bellingham sitcom, when we first met them in a pub, they took her to one side and said, "Do you know that who that guy is?" <laughs> <laughs> so people kind of, really it was sort of weird it everywhere you went. It was weird. <laughs> people were taking her, her aside and saying, "You do know who uh, that is." But then you? I kept so like I wouldn't let her watch. I kept on pretending I didn't have Ooh. tapes of the sketch because I didn't want to no, see it. It was before it was for YouTube, so you couldn't you couldn't watch it. And then the first Did she time, want to? yeah. So the first okay. time she came That's back to meet my dad, um, <laughs> she. Uh, she, my mum and dad, she came in and more, more or less the first thing she said is, have you got any no. copies of The no. Fist of Fun? And my dad was, yeah, of course I have. Oh, my God. And then we had to sit down oh and watch God. it together with, together with my mum, my dad and, and Julia. And in the and in the show, that that episode that she's first in, my dad is a character in the... <laughs> my dad's in a jar. He's the jarred man of Somerset. And, it, and the sketch starts with me with my dad going... Uh, dad meet, meet Julia and me pointing at a picture of Julia. Julia meet my dad, which has literally just happened in reality. And um, you know, and then I'm I'm sort of dancing around dressed as Julia, wearing night vision yeah, goggles and yeah. all this sort of stuff. Uh, and I, re- you know, it took eight. It was miles into the series before it happened. I thought it happened every week, and there's only a couple of times it's in. Yeah. But it's just like we all watched this together, and then like there was a sort of pause. And my dad said, "Well, that was a bit embarrassing." <laughs> <laughs> but like the fact, you know, it was just. It was, it was, you know, it's, uh, there was lots of great stuff about it, but I, I think it was very hard to get over that, that initial, you're you not. know, the weirdness of it, and, yeah. and and also that that you're not, you know, that's that that She's when you when it. you have that fantasy of of being with someone, it's the fantasy of it. If you yeah. the reality of it is never going to, yeah, because be even the same. if it's not a character, yeah, it's um. It's not the real person, you know. You've no. filled in a lot of gaps yourself, before, however much you've imagined. Yeah. That's just from your head. You've written yeah. them as a character. So you were in the vanguard of the whole uh, comedy as the new rock and roll. Yes, so very much so. You were like you and <laughs> Stu were pinups, basically, sort yeah. of. I mean, you're wincing, <laughs> but but presumably you did have. I mean, I know of a couple of people in comedy who sent you letters, yes. and probably locks of their hair, and, <laughs> and whatever. Did you? 
how much responsibility did you feel? I mean, a lot, that? really. It was, you know, it was. So it wasn't. You know, it was a, it was weird, and it was a it was a weird because it was in the interim, I guess, between the seventies and eighties, where just everyone got on with whatever they wanted to do, regardless, and a time when we were getting to be nicer people. And I think me and Stu were nicer people, so we felt very avuncular towards right. A, you know, the 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 girls who were interested in us at the time were, you know, fifteen or sixteen, mm-hmm. and you'd say that to men at the time, and they go, "Yeah, so." Oh, it was. So, it was. But it I mean, was, I'm not surprised, but, but I am really. But everyone. But it, there was a. But it was a really different time. It I was. Know. It was like. So what? Yeah, go, go for it. Oh yeah. Well, uh, and um, and... which is, I'm sure it would be to an extent still mm. a little bit nudge nudge wink wink. But it just felt like and, you know they were very. It felt like most of them were really vulnerable, <laughs> and the, the kind of the girls that would follow you around a little bit, and it, we it was very minor. Newman and Medea had kind of done the whole, uh, you know, Wembley stuff, and and had you know it felt like had proper kind of fans of that kind, and and the stand up circuit did a bit, and we had a sort of rag bag of intellectual boys and girls, mm. and you know, teenagers and and young adults who loved comedy and liked us because we were a bit smart. Um, and so, yeah, like one of them's my wife's best friend who comes and stays at her house now and is still like a little bit of a fangirl, but is, you know, it's really weird. She, I remembered her, she became a stand-up comedian and I remembered her because she would write to us three times a week and we oh would try God. and write back to everyone. So, yeah, so we didn't write back three times a week, but we, I liked her from her, the letters, but she, it, but there was a lot of them and not necessarily her, but there were a lot of them where, and maybe her a little bit as well, to be fair, but where it was slightly sort of troubled people. It wasn't like, I remember, like a guy from Scotland wrote to me. I don't know how old he was. He wasn't. A, he was an older man telling me how much he fancied me and stuff. And because he was gay, I sort of went, "Oh, you know, that's great. I'm, um, you know, that's thanks very much." And then he would sent me a slightly inappropriate letter back because <laughs> I sort of encu- I encouraged him because I was trying to be nice and right on. Uh, and so, like, he was getting a bit overexcited. But mostly, it was. I mean, there was fan fiction about us and stuff like that. So that we had. We had. Did they send? No, but you would find. I mean, you'd find out about it. We had, we had, we had some real sort of hardcore fans who did fanzines, and they would often send us stuff from other fanzines and things where, you know, people were imagining people had dressed up, but girls had dressed up as us, and then started kissing each other. You know, but again, it was all. It just felt. Uh, you know, it, it felt like these are children <laughs> to me. Yeah. You know, we did we did Top of the Pops, we presented Top of the Pops, and I just can't understand how anyone could be in the, that environment and find it sexy because it was just stinking, <laughs> screaming children. And you think, what, you know, the just the technicality of the, what, the hard work it would be to get through all of this, it would be enough. <laughs> but it was just nothing sexy about it, you know. So, I mean, obviously they were paedophiles and disgusting is the, is the reason. The, but, but it just wasn't, you know, that, it was exciting being among the pop stars and stuff, but it wasn't exciting being amongst the children who'd yeah, come to see it's, so I it, mean, you know, I have to say it's a real, it's a real relief <laughs> to hear you saying that because you yeah. sort of think, I don't know, and, and it was a different time, but, you know, you, you hear it was a different time so much that you think... Um, that you think, oh, was was anyone sort of recognising that it was it wasn't maybe a great thing to, yeah. to exploit I, things? I mean, no, it's it's not it's 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 difficult, and if girls are throwing themselves at well, you, it's a, say, it's a it's you... a it's a difficult thing. But but I also don't think I really liked that either. I can't. It felt like 
I'm not saying we never, <laughs> never on tour. There weren't some young women on tour, yeah. but it wasn't. It certainly wasn't a lot. And also, just uh, Stu especially was very puritanical about it. At least claimed to be, <laughs> and so it wasn't like we, you know, it was it was almost frowned upon to, you know, go and talk to people. We'd always meet people and sign and stuff after the shows, but yeah. it was it wasn't like the kind of atmosphere is where we were goading each other on to, to. You know, to make the most of what was happening, but also I don't. It, it was it was sort of mainly an, an an innocent thing anyway. I think on both sides, so it would have felt. And we, I think, because we would both been fans of stuff. Yeah, I think we just like really appreciated the pin people who are fans of it, and That's the idea of of step of stepping over that line would just be so strange. Yeah, um, and um, and wrong. It is pretty nice if someone fancies you, and it's I think really that's nice. why. So if if you know if Julia Sawala can be flattered by me fancying, you know, yeah. I mean, they, they, that's it's sort of you know, and, and Janet Ellis is sort of flattered by uh, by my sort of ridiculously rude <laughs> routines about about you know, uh, and uh, you know, so it's it 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 is obviously nice if you know. But again, I think like with fans, it's sort of like this is you know it's that it's that's what it's that's why it was weird with Julia because you know I was a fan of hers and there's you've already started on a, on an unequal footing and unless yeah. you you'd have to really want I'm not saying that Julia's like this with me but if you if you were sort of started dating your fans it's it's sort of like um, you know it's an it's not an even no. place to start. Uh, sleeping with people is maybe a, a different thing, but it's still a big. I think we were just were conscious. We just thought it was a you know the the even even if someone was older and sexy, you'd go. But what if they sell their pe- pictures, the story to the yeah. papers, or what if they turn out to be crazy? Because so many people just turned out to be crazy yeah. that you just and so people would get obsessed with you and then get really cross with you. You know, that's what yeah. fandom's like. So they'd love right. you and then they'd hate you, which again, I think you sort of see now more on Twitter and stuff like that, that people really get into you and then you don't really even do anything wrong, but they, they decide that they, You've you know, done something because wrong. that crush thing is that, you know, I, I love them, I love them. Oh no. And then they're not what I thought. And then, yeah. and then they hate you. Yeah. And that's, so you feel like you've, let them down very, or they feel like. Yeah, they feel like. So it's just, it's just, it's just such a existing. such a minefield to get into, really, with all of that. So it was, and I just didn't feel. I felt like Stu was the attractive one, um, and uh, like in fact, someone said they met someone at a. They said, "Oh, I met Richard Herring in Soho and told him I thought he was the good-looking one out of Lee and Herring." And I said, "Yeah, I think I know who that was," and that was ninety-nine. <laughs> So that was that was how I said. Yeah, she was a barmaid and she worked in this pub, and I had a snog with her, and that was yeah. And so like I was able to pin them down, pin down the person, the one person in the nineteen nineties who thought I was sexy. And I remember Victoria Cor- Victoria Corrin said came up to him and said, "What's it like being the ugly one in Lee and Herring?" And I think having talked to her, she was sort of trying to flirt with me a bit. Yeah, but I, I'm but sure. I, but I just went. But you're oh. not gonna. Hate I it. Just, it was... went, just went. I, I think I just cried and went home. Basically, I really love the fact that that was her because that's a that's a really good example of someone. You're totally right. That's clearly a flirty yeah. line, but also it's horrible. And yeah. not, it's not. But I was going so, to work. I was so bad at spotting. I was you know we met Moon Unit Zapper in Montreal in 1997. We interviewed her, and I was just doing. I did my sort of. Stu would be the more straight man in the interviews and I would just be say the things you weren't meant to say and I didn't know Frank Zappa had died actually and oh, I was being rude about Frank Zappa and she but she loved it she was really <laughs> laughing and then I was she, I was sitting in the bar she came up to me and said I'll write this down I'm going to write something down and she gave me her phone number um, and if you watch the interview it's clearly she yeah. she really likes me yeah. she gave me her phone number and I didn't even realize that was you know I went okay there if you're ever in Los Angeles come and see me you go well I'm not ever going to be in Los Angeles <laughs> 
And you kind of think, I didn't even. Or it was, if you look back at the interview, you just go, she obviously fancied you. She yeah. gave you a phone number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still didn't realise. I was so. If, if Unless somebody just went. I really fancy you, and I want to come to sex, come to bed with you and yeah. have sex with you. Yeah. Then uh, you know, and 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 you, then you would just about <laughs> then I'd be okay. It. And, and then I go, okay, this is good, and it may, it, you know, I suppose it's a valid, it is a validation. It's sort of like you think, oh great, this you know, some so someone does like me. So I think I was sort of very insecure about all of those things. I was very naive still. I'm sure I made, you know, I'm, I'm, I made tons of mistakes and did loads of stupid things, uh, but I, you know, it was, yeah, I don't think. Uh, you know, it was. I was just my memory of my twenties is just being being in my flat on my own, most playing Civilization because I was, you know, so being on TV, I was just mostly if we weren't on tour, if we weren't working, I was just at home and not knowing what to do to to even see my friends. Really, I was too shy. You know, I, yeah. I was. I didn't want to impose on people. I saw so many people imposing on people in situations and thinking, I don't want to be that guy who's the guy coming up and. No, it doesn't realise that no one wants him in the conversation. Overthinking. And so I was very, but I, you know, it took me, I mean, I don't think I'm over that. I, if, in like things like the fringe, I would just be overwhelmed by being on my own and, and I have to run away because I was scared. You know, I didn't want to impose myself. I was, the minute you're on TV, you're conscious, everyone's looking at you thinking, what's that guy doing oh, on his yeah. own? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I just felt, and I didn't feel like part of the comedy circuit for lots of reasons properly and you know just so my 20s were just horrible I just remember just feeling you know it was it was sort of you know if I wasn't dating someone um I just you know I was sort of just on my own most of the time and so you'd think that would be a the golden time of yeah. dating and blah de blah and whatever I think a lot of people feel that they did their 20s wrong yeah but it was you know it was you know my 30s ironically uh was you know, but I did. I used to joke about whether in my thirties there was not, all these girls in their mid twenties who were sort of interested in me, and I don't think many of them were because I've been on TV. But you go, yeah. you know, some of these girls watched me on Fist of Fun when they were fourteen, and they're now twenty five. Was I grooming? Did I sort of groom those girls? Was I grooming them? <laughs> and now, the and now I'm going out with them. So like, you know, obviously it's different, but it's but it's yeah. So it's it was even that was sort of weird. But I think I'm you know I'm glad we didn't you know we didn't get super famous and. I I didn't and I think I felt much more comfortable in my 30s because I felt like the people I was going out with didn't you know weren't going out with me because of who I was because yeah. I wasn't really anybody but I just became you know I became much more comfortable and confident in terms of in terms of dating from about 30 you know between 35 and 40 I finally kind of twigged uh what it took what it took and also had confidence in myself mm. and felt like I was attractive and I think I was a bit more attractive <laughs> Uh, and you know, well, no, but weirdly, confidence. Is yeah, but it was confidence. And literally, the, I the sort of, thing, I went through a period where pretty much everyone I was interested in was interested back. You know, it was just like insane. Well, lucky that isn't, you. That isn't this. That isn't the show. But it was when I was thirty. <laughs> when I was thirty-eight. Yeah, this when I was thirty-eight, show. I had a you know, I had a basically everyone I met was was into me. Because I think because I was because I was happy and I was confident and uh, I was. I mean, we're going to have to finish it there, no, aren't we? Um, <laughs> before... I haven't talked about all my crushes of people on children's TV and puppets and stuff. No, you haven't. But I mean, there we go. Have you got? Uh, is it Jenny Agatha? What's your big crush? When I say to you, I mean, I think pro- I think I think maybe Janet Ellis is the you Janet know, Ellis. I think maybe Janet Ellis. I mean, Janet or Jenny, I think are the lifelong. 
Well, we'll do Janet since um, she's yeah. clearly up for it as well. Uh, so do you know about this maths, this love maths? Oh, um, Were you ever uh, aware yeah. of it when you were at school? I vaguely or? remember, yeah. I know it's a load of nonsense. Go on. What? <laughs> it's scientific <laughs> proof. Okay. L, no O's, no V's, three E's, one S. It's all right. It's sixty-one yeah. percent. Okay. So that's a that's a two-one. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's so an age gap you, there for us. So there's an age gap, but um, as okay. our friend Danielle Ward says, after you're forty, all bets are off. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you have to track her down. I'm very sorry for your wife. Yeah. Um, we'll get her on though, and maybe we can match. Her was I meant with... to say my wife was the most important woman in my life? No. Did I make a mistake? I didn't say who's the most important person. <laughs> but you, it's but biggest I, crush. Yeah. Well, I had oh. a big crush on her, and then did you? And, yeah. And oh, then, that's a nice story. Was yeah. that? A, mm, yeah, you were later. Well, like, well, because I met her, and really there was. I, we did a gig together, and there was, and we then didn't see her again for about ten months. But there was just something, and I really liked her set. And then she was standing beside me, and I really liked her standing beside me. And then I looked around, and she'd gone, <laughs> and she hadn't said goodbye or anything. And I just remember feeling really disappointed, and really, and I think I sort of messaged her on social media, and she said she was married on social media, but she was she did that to just you know keep, yeah, keep yeah, yeah. Randy men like away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then she said she was going to come to Edinburgh and see my show, and I was really excited about it. Like r- ridiculous because I, you know, I'd spent this and I was, and um, and then I thought I saw her coming in. And I thought I've got to do this great, and but she didn't come to the show. So, but I was obviously like really into her. And then I mean, I've written about this in my book, and it's a long story. But <laughs> her boyfriend asked me to come and speak at the his university, but I kind of only did it because oh I wanted to see her again. Word. And he only asked me because he knew I was friendly with Katie. So you know, we saw I sort of. It was complicated, but the, I... The tone of this episode is so different <laughs> from almost all the other episodes. But it's, you know, is that every every relationship has to destroy something <laughs> before it, doesn't it? Well, on that lovely <laughs> note, I'll say thank you very much, Richard Herring. Thank you. Crushed by Margaret Caborn Smith was hosted by Margaret Caborn Smith and produced by Sophie Black. Thanks to everyone at the amazing TVC Soho. And if you enjoy the podcast, please remember to like and subscribe as it helps people find where we are. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.